What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. On podcast 1765, Germany tries to derail an EV law. Tesla cuts prices in Europe and France's EV share. Well, trying a new thing so you know when to expect a show, we go live at 5 p.m. UK, that's midday Eastern. Patreon supporters get the episodes as soon as they're ready, though, and ad-free. Be like them by clicking on a link in the show notes. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you're listening around the world. It's EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information for Monday, 6th of March. Happy New Week. Uh, my name is Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story, so you don't have to. Last month, France's plug-in EV share was 23.8%, up from 20% year-on-year, with Full Electric's driving the growth. Dacia Spring was the best-selling full electric for the third consecutive month, followed by Tesla Model Y and Peugeot E208. Also doing well, the electric Megane and MG4. Combustion powertrains now less than 50% in France. And despite some of the recent economic recovery and supply chain improvements, the overall car market is still surrounded by a bit of negative economic sentiment. In many countries, that is the case. Plug-in vehicles, though, do remain competitive and are on the up. Tesla's Berlin production is ramping up, so 18,000 Model Y units made per month and more supply arriving from Shanghai. So plenty of supply in France and all around Europe, actually. Overall, France's plug-in EV market share continues to grow and full electrics are leading the charge. That's a great thing. Now, let's talk about Mazda in North America are saying they had a great February, actually. Best ever February in the US. However, uh, the newly introduced Mazda MX-30 all-electric vehicle sold only two last month. Just checks my notes. Yep, that's definitely two. January, though. It was a heady nine. Well, that's either limited supply of a vehicle that they don't really want to make and don't really want to sell you because you can't get it everywhere across the US. Not eligible for the federal tax credit, base price of £34,000. It's a short-range EV with 100 miles of range. In Europe, they introduced the MX-30 range extender, uh, plug-in hybrid, 17.8 kilowatt-hour battery. So you can recharge it, but also with an engine inside it as well. Mazda, one of those countries that feels like they've got some work to do in deciding whether they really want to make electric vehicles or not. Now, Germany trying to derail the EU rule for emission-free transport by 2035. The minority party uh, in Germany is attempting to block the EU plan to ban combustion engines in 2035 as part of the European Green Deal. The FDP, Free Democratic Party, wants e-fuels and biofuels to be exempted, hoping that in some way that will support the German car industry. However, there's not enough biofuels available for a significant number of cars. Massive EU regulation would be necessary to ensure that transition to e-fuels. And often they're made as well by generating, although it's a very controversial subject, uh, but loads of carbon emissions along the way. Volkswagen, for example, said they'll go all electric by 2033. Others are following. But the FTB's demand is more uh, for the fear of the transition than actually 
reality because all the big car makers now they were given a direction of travel it's all big companies want they just want to know what's the regulatory framework how do we operate okay let's go for it whereas we don't need to be at the very very last minute prevaricating and saying well now europe's not sure maybe we will maybe we won't ban that's not good for investment and it hands the advantage to the us and china Italy, Poland and Bulgaria also oppose these new regulations, but it's Germany's vote for the law, which means people are paying attention. It gives it a qualified majority. Uh, The reduction of EV car prices in the coming years is something that we can see happening. We know small cars are going to be coming. We know that we don't need to worry about people getting into electric vehicles. It will happen. They'll be second, third, fourth hand cars. They will get cheaper. But the political party in Germany saying that uh, they're just too worried about the move to EV. I think that is, I think it's misguided. You won't be surprised to hear that the person that presents an EV podcast doesn't necessarily agree with the political party trying at the last minute to derail this 2035 combustion ban. I'll pop a link in the show notes if you'd like to read more. Now, a big announcement to tell you about today. General Motors announcing a partnership with Samsung SDI to build a joint venture plant in Michigan. Annual production capacity of 50 gigawatt hours, which is just huge. I don't know if that is, they haven't given a timescale on when they'll get to that. If they have, I couldn't find it. But that's normally a ramp up over several years. Um, But they say that they have the ability to manual uh, uh, manufacture cylindrical cells as well as prismatics and pouch batteries, which is I don't know if that's unique, but certainly you don't often hear about a new facility that's going to be producing all different form factors. They tend to focus on one, as far as I know. The decision to partner with Samsung instead of LG reflects General Motors' efforts to diversify their battery supply. Until now, uh, GM and LG have been locked hand in hand. GM uses the pouch batteries at the minute, the pouch cells for their Ultium cells in their EV. Samsung's joint venture with GM will mark their second partnership in North America, following the one with Stellantis announced, ooh, that was about a year ago, April last year, I think. Analysts suggesting that Samsung's recent aggressive approach into North America um, has all been part of this regulatory framework uh, that's been put in place to make the batteries in the US so that you get access to those subsidies. The partnership also highlights the complexity of what car makers and battery makers need to do to work together. GM until now has been pretty much uh, monogamous with LG, but you know... They're spreading the love around General Motors. Let's talk about Li Auto, a Chinese car maker. They're going to start making 800 volts uh, superchargers in China. Uh, the first one will be uncovered in the end of March this year with four charging piles at that supercharging station. Uh, the current models of extended range EVs don't hint towards a kind of 800-volt future. But if they're building out 800-volt superchargers, maybe they're going to have these two technologies in parallel and the company's products using high-voltage silicon carbide 800-volt systems, uh, which, you know, until now has been the preserve of things like Tycons and uh, Porsches and Audis and the, you know, the, the Korean EGMP platform operating, or Lucid is a very high-voltage platform. But as we start to talk about this, we start to wonder, actually, if the future of our electric vehicles could be at higher voltages. Typically, it's you know, 350 or 400 volt systems we tend to use as a bit of a shorthand. So we'll keep an eye on that. Lee Auto wants 3,000 supercharging stations by the middle of the decade. The company's supercharging stations will be open to other models, they say, built on 800 volt platforms, ensuring that each one can charge 
at its most efficient. Some of the fasting char- fastest charging we've seen around the world has been in China. And so something to watch could be a, an indication for the wider EV market. I mean, yet we'll know when Cybertruck comes out, because Cybertruck is the big next thing from Tesla. If that is a, a, on a higher voltage platform, that I think will indicate that over the next long, it's long term, mid, mid, mid to long term, the car industry will move away from the kind of platforms and the way we're building EVs at the moment to higher voltage uh, architectures. But that's kind of a bigger a bigger subject that we'll just keep on dipping into and keeping an eye on. Now let's talk about Tesla cutting prices on inventory vehicles in Europe. And by inventory, I mean new, but not really new. Uh, so they've done less than 50 miles. Tesla's once again reducing the price of their EVs, this time on inventory vehicles in Europe. The discount only applies to new Model 3s and Model Ys with less than 50 kilometres or 50 miles, not part of the used inventory. The discount varies, and it ranges from about 1.5 to 7%. And There doesn't seem to be a correlation between the location and the amount of the discount. The price cut likely comes as Tesla seeks to continue building market share, but also rumours of new platforms, of, of the new Model 3, of the new Model Y. Now, I understood that to be a Q3, Q4 thing, not an imminent thing. So one of the things that you see when Tesla start to do discounting on their new vehicles is they're clearing out their demos. They're clearing out their demonstrators. They're clearing out their test drive vehicles. They're clearing out anything they've got in stock. And that means imminently they're expecting to refresh that. So it could be that the Model 3 is imminently about to be refreshed. We've heard so many stories about it over the last few months. It could signify that or it might not. I don't want to lead you down the garden path. Tesla is known for adjusting their prices and in the first quarter of this year, we saw some big price cuts and big or price adjustments, I think they'd like me to call it. The recent price adjustment on vehicles in Europe will save customers thousands of euros and thousands of pounds. And it's consistent with what they've been doing in China as well, where they've also adjusted prices to compete with their uh, fellow competitors. Having a look at the UK sites, so I'm not going to go around every European country. Uh, we'd be here all day. <laughs> However, I'm looking at the UK site and the... Model 3, which are the rear-wheel drive. I still call it SR Plus or Standard Range, but they now call it rear-wheel drive. That's the official model name these days. Model 3 rear-wheel drive, 42990 is the price that you will pay if you get a brand new one, which is a very competitive price for that car, by the way. But if you go to the inventory section, you can get one that's done less than 50 miles for 4470 so that's £40,470 down from 42990 That's for the rear-wheel drive. That's in white, so standard colour, um, partial premium interior, etc., etc. If you have a look at the long-range, so long-range dual motor is what it's called, that's down from 50990 Let's say 51. <laughs> Shorthand, because we're otherwise we'll be here all day. So 51 down to 48, so within a tenner. But uh, fifty-one thousand to forty-eight thousand. The Model Three performance down from fifty-eight thousand to fifty-four and a half. So some serious discounts there, and all these cars are effectively new. Uh, same is uh, for the Model Y as well. I won't go through all the various price adjustments, but if you are in the market for a brand new Tesla. Uh, See if they've got any left in inventory if you were about to buy, because, again, with the price cuts that are stacked on top of what we had earlier this year, they are clearly very keen to sell you a car as we're in the last three weeks of the quarter. It it could just be they're trying to hit targets, or it could be they're clearing out 
We don't know, but that's the news, right? Coming up very soon, we'll talk about um, some battery storage for chargers and also why we need to be careful with security around charging stations. Stick around, those stories on the way. And if you want your podcast ad-free, you can support me on Patreon. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash evnewsdaily. You won't be surprised to hear. You get your own RSS feed, you pop that into your usual podcast app, and it strips out the ads, so you get the show ad-free and before everybody else. It's as soon as it's edited and made, and we'll publish on Patreon the minute it's ready. Back in a sec. Okay, let's talk about the Carbon Ceramic Brake Kit for the Model S Plaid. That is set to be released. It's a $20,000 option that will allow the Model S Plaid to hit the advertised speed of 200 miles an hour. That 20k does include installation costs via Tesla's service. The brake parts identify themselves to the car's computer, and that unlocks the maximum speed. Those that have expressed an interest in buying the kit have now been contacted by Tesla to say that it's being released in the coming months in limited quantities. The standard brakes of the Model S Plaid have been downgraded recently. They're little plastic covers on. They look pretty fancy pants, but then you take the plastic covers off and they're pretty standard brakes underneath. And actually, slowing down a Model S Plaid is one of the criticisms of that vehicle, but only because it's so brutally fast in the first place. Really hard to slow it down um, if you are driving it hard. But there's a solid reason to buy that ceramic brake kit if you uh, particularly want to unlock 200 miles an hour. Tesla Model Y has a safety recall. Uh, four and a half thousand of them uh, don't have the bolts secured properly in the back seats. Uh, one or more of the bolts may not have been talked to spec and it caused the seatbelt system not to perform as designed in a collision. So this is a very serious thing. It is four and a half thousand, uh, three and a half thousand, sorry, model wise, made 22 to 23 out of whatever 1.4 million vehicles Tesla made. Look, all car makers have these things. Rivian had it recently. And so this isn't, uh, unfortunately, a recall that can be done over the air. But I think, you know, you put a, you, you put a bunch of Tesla service vans on this and you can whip around those, I think, within within a few weeks, certainly quicker than a, a traditional car maker having that car back at the garage all day long and waiting to get your car back. If Tesla can come to your place, get those talked up to the correct, and then they'll be on their way. They can do like 10 or 12 of those visits a day and put a few vans on that job and you'll be done a whole recall in two or three weeks but uh, that might be affecting you just letting you know on the podcast if you're a model y owner to look out for that now our next energy will provide energy storage for a berkshire hathaway project in west virginia they've been chosen to provide grid storage uh, to a solar powered manufacturing hub worth 500 million dollars and our next energy or one or one you'll see it written uh, will also build a factory on the site to assemble more battery storage systems the companies continue to invest in their ev battery business including plans for a 1.6 billion dollar ev battery cell plant to open in michigan next year next let's talk about some battery storage evercharge and pass keys two subsidiaries of sk the south korean group are partnering to develop storage at charging stations to consolidate power off peak or when the chargers aren't being used it's a brilliant idea i've loved this idea this concept for so long some brilliant implementations of it out in the market already and you can charge up the batteries inside the chargers when the grid is either cheapest or just trickle charge. You haven't got those those kind of peak charges, those peak demand charges that you get hit with sometimes. And then when an, an EV arrives, it dumps all that energy into the battery. Then the EV goes on its merry way 
and those batteries can recharge again. The US EV market for lithium iron phosphate batteries is taking off. Been prevalent in China for a long time now, but gaining traction in the US EV market. As car makers look to embrace the cheaper cost and better safety, LFP technology accounts for 9% of battery capacity in US EVs in 2022, but that was up from nothing the previous year. And the situation's about to change with the company that I just mentioned, Our Next Energy, producing those LFP batteries in Michigan and expanding next year after opening their new plant. By 2027, the company will supply enough LFP batteries for 200,000 EVs. Ford announcing as well they will license technology from CATL to make LFP batteries in the US. They hold less energy pound per pound than a nickel-rich battery. Uh, but they can be recharged when they're very cold, all the way to 100%, and very good for people who don't want to think about, oh, can I charge to 80% because I'm managing my battery? And that's fine for maybe people like you and me as well. I don't mind paying attention to that. But for a lot of people, EVs will just be a utility, and they just want to plug the car in, and if it sits at 100% all the time, uh, the LFP batteries are very good. In fact, they want to be charged because it helps sort out the BMS and some of that um, correlation between how full the battery is and so there's lots of benefits to them and of course lower cost good use in commercial vehicles as well the higher cost of nickel and cobalt in uh, as ev sales grow um, is something that we need to be mindful of and helping making sure that we actually make cheaper evs that are available at good price points When Toyota gets humbled, everyone should take note, is the message from Automotive News Executive Editor Jamie Butters. Um, Toyota, very well known for quality and supplier relations and doing big deals and putting the most amount of vehicles on the road in the world is clearly behind in electric vehicles. They recently took apart a Tesla Model Y and and admitted that Tesla, it was a work of art. Tesla has leapfrogged leapfrogged Toyota when it comes to EVs. Now, Automotive News making the argument that Toyota have the ability, the staff, the money, the resources to catch up if they want to, and that if they do genuinely feel humbled, that Tesla has outsmarted them that uh, that Toyota as a as a wounded beast if you like could come out fighting and make some great EVs let me also temper that excitement uh, by saying that Greenpeace have now filed a complaint uh, accusing Toyota of making false claims about their hybrid vehicles the complaint alleges that Toyota plans to achieve net zero emissions and that those claims are misleading the company has um emissions reductions targets that they say when you think look at hydrogen and the amount of green hydrogen available in other words not too much of it uh, that we shouldn't be thinking of hydrogen as a green fuel green piece claims toyota hybrid cars are not self-charging as the company claims but are merely petrol powered and it's lovely to see Greenpeace getting on the no such thing as a self-charging <laughs> hybrid band wagon toyota australia has denied the claims The AECCC, the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission, uh, which is a very important body, has conducted a review around greenwashing, and this is why Greenpeace have taken um, issue with Toyota. Greenwashing is a tactic used by companies to make products and appear greener than they really are. As you know, Toyota... Um, make some good products, but it's their marketing, their messaging, how they come to market that really bothers me. And also the amount they, they spend on 
lobbying in the US, number one car maker on lobbying in the, in the US. And, and you've got to ask that question of, well, why? Why do they want to maintain the status quo to sell more combustion vehicles? And that's, hey, that's their, that's their prerogative. That's their right to do that. Uh, but when an organisation as big as Greenpeace is now filing a claim that could cost close to $50 million, uh, you have to say, well, actually, the world is sitting up and paying attention and saying, hang on a minute, this is just not cool what you're doing. Let's move on and talk about Excel Energy, their plan for, to be the largest utility-owned charging network in Minnesota. There's been some opposition to that as well. They've got a proposal to install 730 EV fast chargers in Minnesota, and some people have opposed it. Excel hopes the plan will help jumpstart the EV revolution in Minnesota, uh, the gas station and EV charging industries. Uh, however, not all of them are happy uh, about how a utility can be an EV charging provider. Despite the concerns, Excel believes that their charging network would spur EV adoption. Excel's proposal is part of a $333 million uh, ratepayer-funded plan to boost EV adoption. The Public Utilities Commission will decide this year on how much of that proposal will become uh, reality, though. Now, two-thirds of the planned European battery production could well be at risk, according to new analysis from Transport and Environment, uh, revealing that two-thirds of the planned lithium-ion battery production in Europe could be at risk of being cancelled, delayed or even scaled down uh, because of the incentives being offered by the US. Tesla in Berlin, Northvolt in Germany, Italvolt near Turin could all lose volume of the, what we've been promised of their capacity because of the incentives in things like the Inflation Reduction Act and the attractiveness of making things in the US because of those uh, schemes that have been launched recently. The report says that maybe an EU-wide support package is needed to ensure that battery production is scaled up. Hmm. And finally, EV charger cybersecurity is one of the subjects that experts are talking about. Vulnerabilities in the Open Charge Point Protocol, OCPP, that could enable a distributed attack, uh, the kind of thing that we see online. Cybersecurity experts saying that EV chargers should not be uh, exempted from people's worries and that we need to pay attention to the security and vulnerabilities around possible uh, charging stations and the uh, threats towards them. The US has fewer than 51,000 level two char- and DC char- fast charging stations right now, but clearly that's going to be going up exponentially. And uh, the senior director of strategy at uh, Dragos, uh, Phil Tonkin, warning that EV chargers should be considered an Internet of Things technology and have a very high priority of security around them. A full link to that website from darkreading.com in the show notes. And that's your podcast for today. Thank you to our premium partners, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Porsche of The Village, Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley from the EV Review Island YouTube channel, Octopus Electric Universe, global public charging made simple with one app and one map, and Lease Plan Electric Moments, providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Have a good and see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid. And now, Greenpeace agree. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.